Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Jason Neal, one of the co-owners of Peterborough United. I must warn you that the Yellow Block podcast contains some strong language and adult themes. So be warned and enjoy. Welcome to the Yellow Block, a Peterborough United podcast. I'm Tim and I'm joined by Peterborough's favourite adopted northerner, Mr Dan Weldon. Evening. Also delighted to welcome back to the pod, Nathan. Evening, thank you for having me again. No worries, it's a pleasure and we're also delighted to be joined by Peterborough United co-owner, Mr Jason Neal. Hi, thanks very much for inviting me. No worries, how are you doing? Yeah, good, thank you. Good. Good. Perfect. So you're in Canada at the moment, due to fly over this way this week, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I leave tomorrow, um, so I'll be there for the Tuesday game and then the next four games after that. So very much looking forward to that. And the fact you said you'll be there for the Tuesday game would suggest that we've got some sort of confirmation there that we've got a game on Tuesday, which is. I certainly hope so. So there you go. That's an exclusive for you. Yeah. <laughs> right off the bat, we've got a uh, we've got a game on Tuesday. Anyway, fifth appearance for yourself on the Yellow Block. Good to be back. Yeah. Good. Mar- marvellous. We don't need any elaboration. <laughs> yes, it's absolutely fine. We'll take that. Yeah, yeah it's great to be back. back so, uh... Good. Now, we've already touched on the fact that um, we've hopefully now got a game Tuesday night. There's been no football uh, this weekend. We were just talking before we started recording there um, about the fact that you sort of had murmurings of this on Thursday, but there, there was nothing official and that the EFL had to obviously um, gather their thoughts before making an opinion. It seems to have been not overly well received by the, the football in public in terms of no football this weekend. I could understand the reasons why, of course, but I think the fact that sport hasn't nececessarily been unified and other sports have carried on has, has left us some confusion. What's your take on this weekend? I think it's a very difficult uh, question the Premier League and the um, FA and the EFL will pose with, right? Because there is, there is no right answer. Whatever answer you picked, um, people were going to be unhappy. Um, you have to remember that uh, the Queen was the head of the uh, FA, and there was my dog in the background again. Um, so um, I think, on balance, it was probably the right decision. You know, I was personally affected. I was meant to travel, which I postponed. But it's just one weekend, and we, we have to all, all understand that's all it is. Really, we put, to put it into context. We've, we've lost a, you know. An icon of uh, of uh, Britain. Uh, I grew up uh, with the Queen. Um, don't think I've ever, you know, never known anybody else uh, as head of uh, head of state in my lifetime. So, yeah, here, yeah, no, here, here, definitely, it's a valid point. It's, it's easy to get hung up in the frustration of of not getting football on, but like you say, it is only one weekend, and and after the last two years, it's. Um, we know that there's football coming in in a matter of days, so I suppose it's keeping that in in mind. Um, <clears throat> last time you came on, you spoke to myself. That was just after the promotion to the championship. We were uh, still on cloud nine following that day against Lincoln. Uh, since then, obviously, we've been relegated back to League One. A bit of a mixed start. Thoughts on on the season so far? 
Well, you have to remember we played some pretty tricky away games, right? A long trip to Plymouth and then uh, Derby and Portsmouth. Um, so not not easy places to go to. We've been competitive in all of those games that we've we've lost. And on another day, we we could have got something out of any of those games quite easily. Uh, we have a target to uh, try to achieve 12 points out of every 18 in, in a six-game sequence. So we did that in the first six games. Um, obviously, we've, we've got to win four out of the next five to, to do that again. Um, but, you know, we're all, all very positive and optimistic um, about what's going to, how the season's going to unfold as we go forward. That's interesting. So 12 out of every 18 is the target. So it's those 18 point sort of blocks in terms of benchmarking performance. Yeah, I've probably given away something from the gaffer here. So now I've, uh, you've got another scoop for the night. Uh, <laughs> but yes, um, the way they approach it is, is they, they try to ensure that they get to a minimum of 12 points from, from uh, every six games. Well, four from the next five is is absolutely um, potential. Is realistic, I, I believe. Certainly, looking at the fixtures that we we've got up, if we include the uh, the postponed Forest Gate uh, Forest Green one mm-hmm. um, as well, we we do need to talk, Jason, about last season um, and the frustrations, I guess, that were felt throughout the club. Obviously, for you guys, right down to 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 the fan base and everyone involved in the club was was frustrated at the end of last season. What's your take? on last year and, and your first outing in the championship now that you've had a bit of time to um, dissect what happened? Well, firstly, it's, it's a tough league, isn't it? So, um, you know, it's no one can really understand the step up from League One to the championship until you actually do it. And I'm sure it's a similar step up when you go from the championship to the Premier League. You're playing some really, really big um, clubs. And I, I, the games I went to, I really enjoyed the atmosphere, which is just, you know, fantastic. Um, could have we done things differently? Possibly. I'm sure we could have done. Um, uh, I think we started okay. Um, at one point, it was looking like we were going to be in the top six after maybe three or four games, and, and we didn't because we, we lost a key game. And we ended really well. Uh, it was just, unfortunately, the part in the middle was so long and, and so disappointing. Um, could have we changed um, managers in the middle? Possibly. Um all owners get accused of being um, very trigger happy and not loyal to their managers. Were we too loyal? I don't know. I can say that uh, in the last, I think, six or seven games where Grant was um, the manager, we had top six form. So if, if we could have replicated those last um, six or seven games throughout the whole season, we would have ended up in the playoffs. So clearly the squad and, and the team was, was capable of, of staying up. Um, so, you know, it's a, it's a big disappointment to me and, and to all the other owners and all the fans and everybody in the city. Uh, it really was uh, 12 months from euphoria to bitter disappointment. Um, but let's, um, it would be wonderful to get promoted at the end of the season and, and to do it in front of the fans, which we weren't able to do uh, the last time. You know, you're an exception to Tim there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it would be wonderful to do it, uh, do it again. So um, we have to stay positive and really look to the future. Yeah, absolutely. You're quite right. And, and the Peterborough fan base, it's not, it's never been backwards in coming forwards and expressing opinion. I'm sure that's probably every club. It's probably not exclusive to Posh. Um, I, I guess one one thing I did want to talk to you about is, is when you and I spoke after the promotion, you mentioned um, some quite, uh, there were some great sound bites in there, particularly about, aiming top half, giving the manager that expectation, and then were we to fall slightly short, it would still be, by all intents and purposes, a successful season. Do you think, in hindsight, that maybe yourself and the other owners perhaps put expectations in the fan base a little bit too high going into the championship, and therefore, when we ended up in the relegation zone and consistently the performances weren't great, it felt like more of a frustration yeah, possibly you can say that, but I go back to what I, what I just uh, commented on. Um, the last six or seven games of the season, we were very competitive. Um, so had we been like that throughout the whole of the season, and even the first two or three games of the season, we were competitive. I remember being at, at Cardiff, and I think they scored at home to Cardiff. They scored in the last last minute of the uh, of, of the game. I was there with my daughter, and my daughter couldn't understand the Cardiff chants, which we obviously can't repeat on this uh, podcast. But 
were very entertaining um as you only get in a football stadium <laughs> but um you know it, it it could have ended um very differently i think the margin between where we ended up and um lower end of the middle table is not is not as dramatic as people think um sure it is to the fulhams and the bournemouths etc but but you know the rest of the league was pretty um pretty con consolidated and you can see that by what's happened to coventry last year and what's happened to them this year and i i guess kind of following on from that because you're absolutely right with what you say there particularly about the gap do, do you think that realistically we are close to being sustained as a championship football club obviously as fans we we believe one thing and, and we certainly hope for one thing but you take a more objective view to it you have to in in your position now you've been there, do you believe that it is realistic that we're we're likely to sustain ourselves there in the next few years? I do. I mean, Peterborough is, the, I think, the 20th biggest city in the United Kingdom. So it's a pretty big population base. There's nearly a million people that live in, in Cambridgeshire. So it can certainly support a um, championship uh, team. I think I read some statistic, there's like 800,000 people within 30-minute drive or something like that. So there's a terrific number of people. Um, and we can definitely sustain a, a uh, definitely support a championship team. It's about getting back there and, and maybe learning some of the lessons of, of our previous experience and cementing our place. And, and you know, I think we can do that. Sure. And at the risk of sounding like a job interview, Jason, it's something I've, I've asked you a couple of times and I've also asked Dara um, and Randy as well. It's that 10 year question. 10 years from now, you and I are sat down. Uh, talking again where's the club at that point do you imagine well at that point i really i mean we've done some of the things we set out to do so we bought the the ground we've achieved achieved championship football although we've obviously been relegated since then we've achieved a cat two uh, status academy which i'm personally really proud of and what's coming out of that academy now um and where we would be in in 10 years i think we, we'd like to be a top half uh, championship team with a, a new stadium and um, you know, having an opportunity to flirt with the playoffs and, and and maybe achieve the promised land. That would be great. Ten years. I would take ten years' time for the uh, for flirting with the the promised land. I think that's uh, that's got to be the dream, and that's got to be the aim. And it's, I guess, it's reassuring that despite the frustration of last year, that that's still where you're aiming. It would be it would be easy, and I think most people could understand if you said ten years' time we just want to be fighting in the championship. The fact that you're still looking up. Um, is encouraging for that. You mentioned about the uh, academy. Um, at Eric Hodnett's got in touch uh, on Twitter. It says, now that Posh's academy has achieved a Category 2 status and the Dome is complete, what are the next targets for youth development at the club? Mm, that's a very good question, and that's something we're working on now um, because, obviously, we, we had the goal to achieve Cat 2 status. Um, our... our Long-term goal, if not even medium term, is, is to graduate three players a year into the first team. And we've graduated two players for the last two years, and, and we want to keep that up. Um, so I think that has to remain the goal. Um, and it's really about how do we support Kieran and the rest of the academy staff in, a, in, a, in achieving that. And we've had some wonderful achievements. Uh, I don't know if you know where the academy was about 10 years ago in terms of rankings. Uh, it was actually number 67. In, was it in, uh, 67th, I believe, if memory yeah, serves me very, right. Very, very good memory, Tim. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so 67 out of 72 EFL academies, which basically right. meant we were the bottom because at that time some, some um, clubs didn't have an academy. Mm. Um, and we're now 15th in, in, in the EFL, wow. uh, which is, you know, is, 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 is quite incredible. Um, you know, we've, we've had... I think 10 youth team players make up part of our squad now, and that's nearly 35%. So basically a third of the squad is made up of um, youth team graduates. And why that's important is, firstly, uh, those players have a great affinity with the, with, the, with the fans, right? Fans love to see kids come through their academy, um, and they hopefully give them a lot more slack. From a commercial point of view, um, they are very cheap. In fact, the Premier League actually pays us to develop them. Um, so, you know, it's a, it's, it's a real plus. Uh, and then we have the upside of, of the fact that we, at some point we can sell them to another club. Which wow. is so, 
which we have to do because you know we're we're, we're not Man United or Man City, and and part of our um, part of our draw to prospective kids is come to us, we'll develop you, and then we'll give you an opportunity to go and play in a bigger club. That's really interesting to hear, actually, the way that it, it works, because we, obviously we always knew uh, when it was just Dara driving the ship that it was very, very clear. Our policy was very much um, buy from the lower leagues, develop and then sell on. So to have that sort of second prong, I guess, to the the attack is is really interesting and makes complete sense for all the reasons that that you just mentioned. Um, just circling back around to, to what we were saying about last season, and, and you touched on um, the manager, you touched on on Darren and, and and how that went. Do you, how do you look back at the at the relationship with Darren and how, because obviously we shared some great times, you shared some great times with Darren. I remember that day against Lincoln City. Um, how, how do you look back now at, at Darren's stint and moreover, I guess, how it ended? Well, for, for me, it personally ended. I was I was on a um, nine-day football holiday with my best mate from Vancouver, and our goal was to go to a football game every day for nine days, which was quite an achievement and a challenge at times, but we managed to do it. Um, if I count a U23 Peterborough game on, on one of the first days. Um, and I actually got a text as I sat down in my seat for, for uh, Leeds versus Manchester United. Um, for our, our Sunday game uh, about uh, the fact that Darren had uh, had, had resigned. Um, we tried everything to keep him um, and uh, we wanted to keep him. We wanted to enable him to see it through and we believed that he could have uh, could have turned us around, even though we'd had a, a run of uh, really poor results. I think the previous day we'd lost to uh, Derby in the 90th or 92nd minute. That's to be one of my worst days in football. Uh, but um, yes, um, so I, I, you know, we wanted to keep him. We were disappointed um, that he left, but we have to respect his decision. Um, we still all have a really good relationship with him. I have a, I have a lot of respect uh, for him, um, and we had to move on. And so we had to quickly recruit someone in a similar ethos to Darren, someone who would, you know, look at our our dual prong. Um, process in the club, which is A, to develop our youth players and B, to buy players from other clubs and develop them, yeah. um, not just get out of the checkbook. I, I guess there's a couple of things <clears throat> to touch on on there, and it's not me so much looking for controversy, more just trying to get the inner workings, I suppose, which obviously the, the, the fans look for. The appointment of Grant, you mentioned about you had to obviously do that quickly, you had to move quickly because it came as a shock with, with Darren. What was Grant always the first choice? Was it because he'd been there before? Was it because he, he fit the bill? Was was it a, a long shortlist or, or was Grant choice A? So we had about 100 applicants and more than 100 applicants. Um, absolutely incredible. Um, all of us individually received different applicants. Um, and it was a shortlist of one and Grant was on it. Um, we had, um, as I said, Grant on our shortlist. We interviewed him. I think we all interviewed him independently. Um, we're all impressed with him. Obviously, uh, Darren knew him very well from his from his previous stint. Um, so, um, yeah, shortlist of one, and we were, were delighted he signed on with us. Perfect. He also brought Cliff as well, and, uh, and Cliff doesn't get the recognition uh-huh. that, that he deserves, but. Uh, yeah, we've talked about Cliff. We've talked about Cliff actually on on this podcast this season because there's a definite switch with mentality, uh, which we've been attributing to to Cliff. He's he, they very much seem to play good cop, bad cop, looking from from outside in, which seems to work. Um, just just finally with, with Darren, because obviously there's no benefit really to kind of digging up the past. But you mentioned about you you still have a, a good relationship with him, and you all still respect him, as I'm sure everyone does at the club. What was your view when he did an article recently whereby he he hinted at the fact that maybe he didn't necessarily get the resources that he thought he was going to get? Um, and he, he felt slightly let down, I guess, in terms of the way that it, the, the end of his tenure played out. Well, I think that we, we tried to recruit every every player um, that uh, that was that he wanted and was suitable for him. Um, he was fully supportive of um, signing extended contracts with our existing team uh, at the end of the season. He wanted to reward them. And, you know, I got, we've all got to support that and, and applaud that. Uh, and then in January, when we tried to recruit um, additional players, it was very challenging. Uh, 
And it was challenging because we were in the bottom three. So it wasn't like the allure of, hey, um, would you like to go and play for Bournemouth or Fulham or, or even you know someone in mid-table, even Coventry, for example. It was, would you like to come and play for a team that's, that's going to fight um, relegation? And if you're not successful, uh, you're going to have a relegation on your, your CV. And if you are successful, maybe you're going to finish fifth from bottom or sixth from bottom. Mm. So it's, again, it's not going to be a great in resume. So it, it, it was tough. And I know, I know that Dara and um, Barry worked incredibly hard and they do work incredibly hard um, behind the scenes to try to bring players in. And we brought some in and, and you know, perhaps they weren't as, as uh, wonderful as we would have expected and imagined, but it, it, it's not, it's not, um, it's not a formula driven piece of analysis, right? Where you can run a computer program and look at the outcome and then say, Oh, I don't like that outcome. Let's, let's have a different piece of the jigsaw. Sure. And I guess with your engineering background, that must be quite frustrating have to in, having to introduce so many human elements. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Um, you talked about Dara there. Uh, how is Dara? How's the relationship between the, the three owners at the moment? Yeah, good. And, and Dara is always good. Uh, he's, he's worked uh, tirelessly, uh, uh, very, uh, very hard over the uh, transfer window um, period. We managed to retain some of our, our key assets, which was good. And, and I think we it's the only year where we've ever had a recruitment meeting um, and we've ended up with the majority of our um, our first targets, which is which is quite impressive. And obviously you're, you're flying to the UK this week. Dara's just left. Is, is that a conscious thing? Is it a case of changing of the guard or is that just how it how it works out? Yes, yeah, it's just, just how it works out. We were both in the UK during the summer. We went to a number of games together. Um, and um, I wanted to fly back to Canada, I think, in July to enjoy the rest of the Canadian summer, which is you know, very pretty here, very warm. Um, that's now ended. Kids are back to school. So it's a, it's a good time for me personally to, to visit the UK. To head back through. And, and is it, um, it seems like we have quite, or do you have like quite defined roles in terms of who does what in, in, in the management? Dara very much seems to be the... The, the, the football man. Uh, Jared picked up on a comment that Dara made on uh, his podcast a couple of weeks ago, and this could very much be Jared putting two and two together to make five. Um, Dara seemed to, to make reference to going alone, um, and uh, he sort of seemed to make reference to feeling quite isolated. And again, this is Jared's take on this. Um, is there any change in the relationship? Are you, st- are you still working together successfully as a, as a trio at the moment? Yeah, yeah. and there's, there's certainly no change at this point. Um, I, I, there's barely a day that goes by without some message or, or um, telephone call or WhatsApp message um, between us. So. Fab. I imagine a, a, an ownership group chat, which is probably uh, probably quite amusing. I'm sure fans would pay good money to be in that in that ownership group chat at the end. It's of the not game. always amusing uh, after uh, after some results. Right? No, well, we know that Dara's not uh, not afraid to speak his mind, so I'm quite sure that people get dressed down in uh, in, in messages and group chats. Yeah, um, one listener question that we have remains so. Yeah, absolutely. One, one question that we have had a fair bit. Um, about the hierarchy and the sort of structure at the club at the moment is about the um, is about the CEO. So you may have uh, you may have guessed this question was potentially coming. Um, Chris Garner, nineteen eighty five, says, "What's going on with the CEO? Um, if you can't confirm details, then maybe even confirm if it's likely we're going to get a new one." So this, is, of course, we we put a new CEO in place, and then uh, something happened, which we're not privy to as as a fan base. Um, what's the state of play with the CEO at the moment? Um, well, David's taken a short-term uh, sabbatical to deal with a, a personal issue um, that's taking a bit longer than we anticipated, and, and we're going to await the outcome of, of his own um, own personal issue that he's going through. Okay, fair enough. So it's very much a case of a CEO is still in place, just at the moment he's having to take some time away. Fair yeah, enough. currently in place, but he's on a, on a sabbatical. I can't imagine it's going to last much longer, but we'll, we'll, we'll see. No worries. Okay, that's fine. And McEwen1171 says, are you and Randy in a position where you're able to buy Dara out and run the club between yourselves? I guess I would elaborate onto that with, would you want to run the club yourselves? I mean, it's an awful lot of work, right? So uh, I'm not sure I would want to run it myself. I I really enjoy the activities I'm involved in uh, at the club, on the the finance side, on, on the youth academy side. 
which is a lot of fun. I'm very, again, very proud of, of the outcomes on both of those fronts. Perfect. Um, a cracking answer. I like that. It's a, a brilliant way of, uh, of staying where you need to with that good answer. Um, one, obviously, big factor when we we put out to the, the listener base about you coming on, Jason, and one question that comes up repeatedly, and I'm sure you get many, many times, uh, is about the stadium. So um, any update on where we are with the stadium? So we've, um, as we all know, we've completed part of the master plan activity. So we were a big contributor to that with um, Peterborough City Council. Uh, that's now been published. And I think the next steps are for them to um, assess where, where the optimal location for a future stadium is. It's a long process, I would say that. And obviously the club's um, been uh, impacted by... How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. COVID and, and the hangover from COVID. So we've kind of slowed down a little bit um, and we hope to re-engage in that process in, in the coming months. Perfect. Wonderful. And one other question that we've had in, this could potentially be controversial because I don't know the background, so I apologise in advance if it is. It's come from A.D. Mole. So um, he's saying, is it true you resign as director of Old Kent Road Financial, the company who funded the purchase of the ground? And if so, will this have any effect on the, on the new stadium? Um, and are we allowed to call it a stadium or an arena? Um, so I don't think it will affect the new um, stadium. And yeah, you can call it what you like. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to call it a multi-purpose uh, function arena and stadium. So it's to make sure oh, that that's a mouthful. Is... <laughs> it's a mouthful, but, but it's hard to get anybody upset by having so many words in it. But I'm sure it's possible. Um, yeah, yet, yes. yes, it's true. I've, I've decided to pursue a number of, uh, number of other opportunities that, that I'm working on. Um, but it, it shouldn't affect the, uh, the new arena or stadium at all. Perfect. And I seem to get all the all the rough questions to throw at you. Um, okay. But one criticism that the club has faced this year uh, following the issue of the bonds is the safe standing, which has been controversial, shall we say, in terms of its implementation. Where do you stand on safe standing in London Road at the moment? Well, firstly, a uh, big kudos uh, to our operations team and everyone in the club who actually delivered that project. Uh, in a really tight um, time frame under difficult conditions, we're actually the first club to implement safe standing on an existing terrace, um, which is an achievement. Um, is it perfect? Yeah, that's up to the interpretation of, of, the, um, of the fan. Are we working to make it better? Yes. Perfect. Another solid answer, which can make a great soundbite. Which... <laughs> yeah. I'm right in thinking that the uh, yellow block has been painted blue, though, Jason, I believe. Somebody told me the other day that the yellow seats have been painted blue. Has it? I need to... Well, I need to know if this is the case. And if this is, then I'm sorry, but that's, you know, we need to kick up about that. That's... Well, you have to rebrand yourself. The blue brand. Brand. Yeah, I don't know what we call ourselves, really. What was it you said at the start? Attractive, sexy microphones. Maybe we could go with that. <laughs> a tribute boy band app, isn't it? <laughs> um, Dan, Nathan, have you got any questions you wanted to fire at Jason? I know you have, Dan, um... you've been messaging me. <laughs> 
I mean, the the question that I had was obviously we we mentioned about Dara maybe potentially moving on. He's kind of intimated that a few times, especially on his own podcast. Um, I kind of just wondered, you know, if he does do that, how is you know the club and and your kind of relationship going to change in terms of an ownership? Is you know, would you look to bring someone else in? You know, would you carry on as as Tim potentially mentioned? You know, just the two of you, or you know, how is that relationship going to change in terms of you guys and, and obviously with the club as well? Well, firstly, I, I, as you alluded to there, he says that every year. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so certainly in the, I've been involved in the club for five years now. I don't think there is a summer uh, where a transfer window is closed where he hasn't said that. Yeah. So uh, we'll, uh, we'll have to wait and see whether um, it's real or not. I don't think it is, but um, you know, we'll, we'll have to just wait and see. And we'll have to deal with whatever comes our way in, 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 in that event, right? So what would change? Well, obviously, it would be a big change, and, and uh, we would uh, very much um, uh, miss him. Um, but I, I'm, I'm not sure it's going to happen. I absolutely love the fact that you've just said that, Jason. Like, every fan across the country says every summer, oh, Dara's said that again, and it kind of yeah. loses it. It loses it. <laughs> well, you, you have to give him credit, right, because he works incredibly hard over the summer. And um, it's relentless, and, and it doesn't get any easier. Yeah. Um, so you know, for I think he's been there fifteen years now. Fifteen summer transfers. Him and Barry have been doing the same same gig over and over and over again. Yeah. Uh, just just different um, players, but it's essentially the same activity, and it's hard work for them. No, the problem is, of course, one day, as Nathan says, there he is going to be serious, isn't he? That's the that's the problem, and I guess. If, I, if I'm being completely honest with you, Jason, when um, yourself and Randy came into the club, I think certainly myself, and I know other fans were the same, a lot of us looked at that situation and thought, this is Dara's exit route. Um, he's going to be leaving the club in the next 12 to 24 months. And I remember in your very first interviews that you did with with Phil Adlam at the club, you, you, you squashed that straight away, but as a fan base, it was very much, no, this is Dara wanting to leave. And, and you know, these these two newcomers are going to be his, his, uh, his ne- they're going to be the club's next owners, they're going to be the club's next option. So I guess it's been a surprise for a lot of the fan base that he is still in place um, and that he does still seem to have that same passion um, and that same want. Do you get the impression that he's, he's in it for the long run still? Yes, I do. Um, but obviously, you know, things, things can change and, and, uh, We'd have to, as I said, if in that event, we'd have to deal with that um, at the uh, at the time. But I don't foresee it in the immediate future. But a plan must be in place, right? When you came into the club, there must have been a discussion of an exit. There, of there's, there's never been any discussions along those lines. Okay. Um, and and people that know Dara say that um, when we um, started to participate, it's become more invigorated because obviously he's, he's got less things to do. Um, because some of the burden of, of these activities, and there's a lot of them, um, can now be taken up by, by other people. Fair enough. Good answers again. Uh, Dan? Yeah, I, I guess I've got a few questions, but I'll focus on, on what we're already talking about. Obviously, you know, Dara sorts a lot of the, the transfer activity through the club. Are there any sort of transfers or, or at least sort of approaches from other clubs that, have happened over the summer that we've not been made aware of. Obviously, you know, the, the Ronnie Edwards stuff on deadline day was was publicised uh, in the, in sort of, you know, the media by Romano as, as well as Sky Sports. But is there any stuff that we don't know about? Yes. Can and you I tell us? <laughs> no. <laughs> Excellent. That's not much of a soundbite, is it? I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, we, we've had multiple offers for multiple players, which is what you would expect. And, and frankly, um, if we weren't having multiple offers for multiple players, and pretty significant ones at times, uh, we would have a problem. We would be more concerned. I suppose, like you said, that's your, your normal transfer window, isn't it, in terms of having those those offers in? I guess you must go into a transfer window with your recruitment meetings knowing which players are likely to um, likely to bring that attraction, I suppose. You, the manager must make plans based on, I'm expecting player X to go, I'm expecting player Y to go. Um, and then I guess it's kind of up to you guys and, and Barry to either make that happen or, or, or try to keep them on, I suppose. 
Yeah, I mean, we didn't actually want to lose any players during this um, transfer, other than the players that were listed by the club. Mm. Um, and we pretty much achieved that goal. Obviously, we didn't with Sammy, and um, that's unfortunate, but we couldn't stand in his way. He had a much bigger and better opportunity, and, yeah. and we wish him all the best. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Jason, you asked me when we were uh, arranging this, if you could put our knowledge to the test. So I understand that you've got something in place in terms of testing how bad of fans we are, which, let's be honest, (laughs) it's not going to be hard to catch us out here. Um, I believe you have a quiz of some sort lined up. I do, because my my favourite part of this was was the the yellow blockbusters, I think you called it. Yeah, petition to bring that back then, is it? I would play at home or in the car, and often I would beat you guys. It's not Not all the time. Um, Kisby was always very good. I think uh, you know, he, he was pretty good at this. I don't, That's because he's older than the club. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's quite fun. Uh, I quiz, and um, I actually have a prize for you. So, um, yeah, yeah, here I I dug it out from the archives, and the winner of this quiz is going to get this framed sign. Oh, wow, look at that! By JCH, this is his iconic goal. I've got one of these on my my wall, um, signed by him, uh, just after the uh, promotion winning uh, penalty that obviously Tim, you remember quite well. So, yeah, that was my that was my Facebook cover photo for a long time. That picture. yeah, well now <laughs> right. you can you can hang this in your wherever your uh, spouse wants you or allows you to hang it. Um, in <laughs> okay, my case, it's my office. Okay, so I got five questions, and the way this is going to work is get a pen and paper. It's an honor system, so um, no cheating, no googling, and uh, no changing your answers. Let me know when you're ready. I've got a post-it note. Is that I'm big enough? Right yeah, that, that's, that's okay. So who was the most valuable sale from the Posh Academy? Oh, that's, that's not only a great question, but that's very much a Jason Neal question as well. That is right there. Okay. I like that. So if, if, so if, this if, is across our entire history? Entire history. <sighs> Ooh. I'm, I'm going to throw no, a curve. No, no, here. No, no, not the entire history. Just my just my participation in the club. Uh, okay, okay. Oh, so okay. recent past. Um, so <sighs> in the last five years, who was the most valuable sale from the academy? Okay, you you done. Is, that, is, that is tough. I'm trying to think who it could be. Yeah, I don't want to get this. This should be easier than that. Um, I think there's one, but I'm unsure. I think okay. it's a fairly obvious one. So there we go. Let's let's move on. Uh, you know, I have to. Okay, it has to be a yeah. time loop, right? Okay. <laughs> so question two: Who were the opposition in the last Peterborough game prior to the suspension of football? Oh, that I remember due, that, Jason, and I know why you've picked this particular club due to COVID. So who was the opposition in the last Peterborough game prior to the suspension of football due to COVID, and for? Bonus points. What Who the were the scorers in the oh, game? Oh yes, I know. This is you've lined this up perfectly for us. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Number three. Uh, to the nearest hundred thousand, how much does a dome, or some of your listeners um, lovingly call it the tent, cost to build? <laughs> Okay, number four. Where was Peterborough United formed in 1934? Okay, and the final question. Who is the youngest player ever to play a league game for Peterborough United? And for a bonus point, who was the opposition? The youngest player to ever play a league game. Ever play a league game. That's tough. Um... Okay. And bonus point for the opposition. Um... Okay. 
I'm taking a right, guess. Are we ready for the answers? Yes. So, most valuable sale from the academy in the last five years is Leo da Silva Lopez. Oh, that would have caught right, right, it was. Who, anybody get that? Too obvious. I did, yeah. Oh, yeah. well done, Nathan. Okay. Who were the opposition in the last Peterborough game before the suspension of football due to COVID? So, Pompey. Portsmouth. Yeah. <sighs> yes, your favorite club, Jason. Exactly. Of course. That's <laughs> okay. No, I should have taken that in. And for two bonus points, who were the scorers? So I know Ivan Tony scored, yeah. I want to say twice in that game. It's either once or twice. The second scorer was... Um, was... Um, that's a good no, shout. It, it was Dan Butler. So you, oh. Dan Butler and Ivan Tony were the scorers in the 2 0 win. So you get a point for Ivan and uh, nothing for uh, for Dan. Okay, to so the nearest hundred thousand, how much did the dome cost to build? Answer is one point seven million. Yeah. Anybody get close to that? Two point one. I had. Sold a short. I went one million on the nose. Dan, I I was well over two point six. Okay. Don't contract Dan to do anything, Jason. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where, uh, where was Peter B. United formed in 1934? It was the Angel Hotel. Uh, that is courtesy of Wikipedia. <laughs> Hoping it's correct. And the youngest player to um, play a league game was Matthew Evington. Amazingly, 15 nice. years and 282 days. And I had that. You had that? Very good. I had Etherington, yeah. Yeah, opposition was Brentford. Ah, oh, I went Warsaw. Okay, so how, how many points you got, Dan? <laughs> One. <laughs> uh, Tim? Three. Three? Nathan? I had three as well. Oh, no, he's got his tiebreaker. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so uh, I got a tiebreaker in the tradition of, oh, uh, of the yellow box. So first person to tell me who sued the club in 2002. Posh and Becks. Correct. I'll give you that. Sued the club? What? Because of the, the posh the, name? The, yeah, the exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Victoria Beckham sued the, uh, sued the club for uh, infringement on uh, copyright for using the name Posh, and she lost. So, Nathan, I shall be bringing you this. Uh, <laughs> Thank you very, very and, much. Uh, I'll, I'll leave it with the club uh, in reception. Lovely. Uh, and just right. feel free to pick it up. Well done, Nathan. Now, if you don't much. donate that to charity... <laughs> um, but yeah. yeah, congratulations! Well, no, I enjoyed that. They were they were fantastic questions. The Portsmouth one, particularly, that was I. Rem- I don't know why I remember that game so much. It was maybe it was just because it was the last one before it all went a little bit wrong. I don't know, but um, uh, that, that was my favorite game. My yeah, favorite no, player scoring, scoring in my against my favorite opposition. <laughs> so we need um, we need the yellow blockbusters back, Jason. That's what you're saying. I think you need that back. Yeah, so we can all play our play at play at home. Fair enough. I guess I think the problem was it was running out of questions that was the challenge. Um, (laughs) Because as you quite rightly said, Wikipedia only holds so much information. So, but we've got a new uh, a new pool of players that we can dig into. We can find out where I don't know Jack Taylor went to school and throw that into (laughs) question or or something like that. But. Interesting. I really enjoyed that. That was uh, that was good fun. Thank you. Um, did either of you fellas have any more questions while we've got Jason? I do, and it is sort of going back to, towards the start of the interview, and I do apologise for that. But you, you talked about as as you know trying to get back to the championship and, and sustaining ourselves there. What do you think it's going to take for us to secure ourselves in that league? I think it takes us continuing to do what we are are doing. So to have a good pipeline of, of players, because we can't just write a check and, and um, recruit whoever we want. We just don't have the uh, financial resources because of financial fair play. As a result of that, even if we wanted to, we're capped in terms of how much we can spend. So um, growing the um, the player pool, and that comes from the two avenues we're, we're using, the traditional avenue of the club of, of recruiting uh, players and developing them, which we can now do um, quite quite well for our U23 or U21 squad as it's now been rebranded, um, and our academy, and then growing the fan base as well, which which we've had a big effort to in, in a number of years, last number of years, which is you know, testimony to the club. The poor rabbit's been to hundreds of schools 
Um, and that really works. I mean, our, our, our season ticket holder, season tickets are similar to what they were in the championship, which is a real testimony to, to, um, to the club. So that those are two things we can do. Looking at other, other commercial avenues uh, to generate uh, secondary revenues, we're always trying to do that. Um, and, and the combination of those extra resources generated internally and those extra resources in terms of player resources puts us in a good stead. And then really it's about getting to the championship and, and cementing our, our, our place there. I think as much as um, the owners might get, get criticised on social media, I, I can't imagine any fan can deny how much things have improved off the pitch at the club um, at the risk of, of um, trying to sound like a suck-up since yourself and Randy have, have come in, Jason. It's it's a completely different club. And I remember when Dara first took over, it was very much the same. Things improved. You know, There was all these stories of players having to get changed in their cars and stuff like that. And Dara came in and... Um, and changed all of that. So it kind of felt like we were in a great place off the pitch then. But what we've realised, I guess, since, since yourself and Randy have come on board is just how much potential there is outside of that playing squad. And it's so nice to see that slightly bigger view. And there won't be a fan um, that, that can't see that improvement off the mm. pitch. And I think you're quite right with what you say there. That has to form the the building block for that next step. Because as you quite rightly said, that gap between League One and Championship is... Is so huge you can't just fill it with good players there has to be more around that you just have to look at the the, the women's game right when i first came into the club i watched our um, women's team i can't remember who they were playing and there were maybe 10 12 people standing on the on the um on the sideline um around the halfway line literally, literally watching some of them peering through the fence you remember the fence that goes around the, the training ground and we've moved that to terraces so people can sit down. And, and then recently to have 2,200, 2,300 fans mm -hmm. at, at um, Western Home Stadium watching a women's game. It's just incredible. Um, so, you know, great develops, developments all around. Fantastic. Uh, Nathan, anything else before we wrap up? Yeah, I, I had a couple of questions. So, um, obviously, you just mentioned about the sort of fan engagement and, and how we're trying to improve things with that. Um, I just wondered, was that kind of a, a conscious choice? Was that something that we kind of looked into research-wise? Mainly just because I've written a dissertation on it for, for Posh as an example. So I just kind of wondered <laughs> where that came about and, you know, if that was a conscious choice from, from you know, both the ownership and obviously some of the, the club's employees as well. Yeah, it, it was 100% a, a conscious choice. Um, so what we did when we, um, pre-COVID, I think the first or second year pre-COVID, we basically uh, revamped that programme we, we asked um, poor Phil Adam and the rabbit to um, visit 75 schools in the season. And, and I remember Phil, he went white when I asked him to do this. And he sort of looked at me as if it was impossible. Um, but they, they did it. Um, and now recently we've brought in Bobby, Bobby Copping, who's, who's, who's taken that role on. Yeah. Um, we went to, I think, more than 170 schools um, in, the, in, uh, in, in this last period. Um, when we were allowed to visit schools, so just just incredible, and it and it really works because typically, okay, you're giving away free tickets, uh, you're putting on a mini pantomime to to um, to to kids, and you know it, it's attractive. They get to you know watch a video, participate in an event, um, meet the rabbit. Many of them then attend the games, and they'll bring parents and other siblings, yeah. and about ten to twelve percent of those people then become season ticket holders. Yeah, which is just incredible. And you know, once you're a season ticket holder, you're pretty much a seat, you're a fan for life. Yeah. Uh, so it's you know, if you can grab them early on, you're you're really are building that that supporter base uh, for the future. Yeah, I mean, to to jump off off what Tim said, I, I can agree. We can completely see you know that improvement, um, especially since you know both of you guys came in. Um, you know, there's it's you know night and day. Um, and again, I, again, what Tim said, you know, to to jump on that on that. Um, I don't think there is a fan in, in the fan base that can't see that there's been an improvement and can't see, you know, what you guys have brought to the table. It, it really is, as I said, night and day. Thanks. Yeah, it's, it's been a fun project and we, we really like it. Oh, for me, it has been a bit like getting divorced because I had to get divorced. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. That led me nicely on to our last question, Jason, which is just a yes, no answer, really. Do you enjoy co-owning Peterborough United Football Club? Yes. Good. That's yeah, it's, a, it's a great privilege, and, and uh, I, I really love it. Um, 
it's not always a, uh, a picnic because obviously it's, you know, it's a real business and, and with lots of important decisions to be made and lots of work, but it, it's great fun and I really love it. Even with all the abuse on social media and everybody having an opinion. Yeah, I, I, I try to ignore that. Um, and amazing amount of times that I've met Peterborough fans in various locations, not just in Peterborough, and they come up and, and thank me and say, don't listen to social media. It doesn't reflect what everyone thinks. Yeah, it's that minority, isn't it, unfortunately? Yeah. But it's, um, I think, it, you know, it's just understanding that everyone has an opinion. And ultimately, that's what makes football the game or part of what makes football the game that we love so much is the fact that you can pick up an opinion uh, just from watching 30 seconds of a game, whether that opinion is, is right, wrong or otherwise. It's, it's part of the the charm of the sport that we love so much, isn't it? Completely different to what you've you've done before. So I, I just kind of wondered if it, if it was something that you do enjoy or if, if it is more of a hobby or if it is still very much a, you know, a business venture. Uh, I wouldn't, certainly wouldn't think it's a hobby, um, and, and, uh, but I do enjoy it and, and uh, I enjoy everything I work on. So I, I certainly enjoy this as well. Perfect. Uh, Dan, Nathan, you guys happy? Yeah. Absolutely, and yep. obviously, thank you for for coming on. It's it's a real pleasure. Yeah, pleasure. Congratulations, Nathan. Uh, thank you. Send me a picture of where you're hanging up. I will do. Yeah, yeah. If, if the missus lets me put it up anyway. If you could also, Nathan, send us a copy of the sheet that you wrote on, just so obviously we can, you know, we're not accusing you of cheating, but just so <laughs> no, no, we can vindicate that. Uh, no, I, I, trust me, no. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed that quiz. It was, uh, it was good fun. Has to be oh, an element of trust, it was really good. Fun. I did enjoy that. Massive thank you to Jason for uh, joining us again. Thank you to everyone as well who submitted questions. Sorry, we didn't get to them all. Um, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. This is going on to our YouTube channel. So you can also see our gorgeous faces for the first time. But perhaps more of an advert would be the fact you can see Jason's very cute dog. Uh, rather than seeing us um, now we've gone up in the world we will hopefully be doing more video interviews going forwards as well do remember to uh, rate review like all that jazz on wherever you get your podcasts from up the posh <laughs>